evening everybody how are we let me just go live over here on the tiktok and press record over here for the podcasts and away we go we are all ready so tuesday night discord more family law questions hello to those of you in the lounge thank you for joining me takes a couple of minutes for us to get warmed up generally because um obviously messages get sent out and you guys can all um join take your time uh, for those of you on tiktok i know i always say this but if you you'll shortly start to hear people actually ask me questions um and how they're doing that is they've downloaded the discord app they've then gone on to um, discord and found the legal queen and then they come into the lounge where we are here every monday tuesday and wednesday from six till seven sometimes we go a little bit um, later and I just kind of help you guys out with any family law questions that you have. Um, it's designed for those of you that maybe um, are doing it yourselves, can't afford legal representation, just maybe need to know what you're entitled to or, you know, what the form is that you need to fill out, etc. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that we discuss. Payne? Hi, it's Rachel. Hello. I'm good, thank you. What's your question? Quick one. Oh, it is. Me yeah. and my ex have the kids pretty much of the time. Uh, yeah. She has them for de- four nights a week. I have them for three. Yeah. Uh, there isn't much difference in our wages. When do 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 I do we both put our wages into the child support system, or does it just is it just one parent? Just just one of you would do it, and it would be the parent that has the less nights that would do it. Right. Why is that? Well, because it's then deemed that the parent who has the most nights is sort of the resident parent. So if you have the children less nights, then it's going to cost the other parent more money. So therefore, the parent that has less nights will pay the other parent the child maintenance. Does that make sense? What if it was a, yeah, what if it was just a 50-50 split, though? Oh, well then... Let's say a week on, a week off. Yeah, I don't think any maintenance would be due in that instance. I mean, we don't really get involved in maintenance. I know a little bit about it, but generally it stays with CMS. But I'm pretty sure if it's 50-50, then no maintenance changes hands. Right, OK, I just yeah. wanted to check that was on. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's a good Go question. Okay. OK, thanks. Yeah, cheers, cheers, cheers. Bye. Bye. Um, so a quick question on TikTok. Ali, I will come back to you. Um, quick question on TikTok. Married overseas, but can I divorce in the UK? Absolutely. Um, if you have a valid marriage certificate, um, then yes, you can get divorced in the UK. Okay. Um, and remember, guys, where you tend to start the divorce, whatever country you start your divorce in, they generally have then the jurisdiction to do the finances. So if you're going to start your uh, divorce in the UK, then the UK will have the jurisdiction to deal with the finances in addition to that. Okay. Um, in the meantime, I'll go to TikTok. So if husband doesn't have a will and property is in his name, does the wife inherit any inheritance tax? Better question for a solicitor who specialises in wills, if I'm honest with you. Um, I don't think, I know a little bit about wills, but not a lot, only because I used to sit next to a solicitor who did a lot of wills, um, but I've never done them myself. But I don't think, even though you're married, that it will automatically go to the next of kin if there's no will. Um, I don't think we can make that assumption, but you're better speaking to somebody who specialises in wills, okay? It's probably a really easy question for them. Um, SK, you have got your hand up. What's your question? Oh, hi, Tracy. Hello. Um, 
Uh, yeah, my question is, so I've got a 12-month-old son, separated with the dad when I was uh, very early on pregnant. He's not yet seen the child, but he's done an application, sorry. He's done an application for a 50-50. Uh, he wants 50-50. Yeah. And I don't actually think that's in the best interest of my 12-month-old son. I know he's not met him and the contact will be stepped up over time, but to have this child 50-50, how would that work? Is on the other side of Birmingham, like we live 10, 12 miles apart, wouldn't he go to one school and pick up and drop off? So, I mean, I was under the impression that every other weekend and half the holidays is kind of the staples. Okay, so I think the first thing to think about is when somebody makes an application, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. Okay, I get I get asked these questions all the time. The other side has, you know, put in an application for, for shared care and actually that's not going to work. Um, that's your position, all right? It's not going to work. And I can tell you now that a child aged 12 months that hasn't seen his father, he's not going to be successful in an application for shared care. A, the child is too young, and B, it's not the routine that the child is used to. Um, the the alternate weekends that you refer to are kind of atypical, um, that it doesn't apply to every single family. Um, but generally, when children are at school, it means that both parents get to spend a full weekend with each of the children. So it won't necessarily apply to you that alternate weekend. That is just the atypical standard agreement that we go for. Um, but no, don't be concerned that he's going to succeed in his application. What he will succeed in is some form of contact. Because as you know, if you listen to me um, regularly, I'm always saying that, you know, the law's very clear when it comes to children's applications and it's the child's right to have a relationship with both parents. Yeah, no, thank you so much. It's just um, for so long now, you know, the father just walked out on us. It's just been me and my son. There are some safeguarding concerns and we are um, following the process with those. But sometimes I just look at my son and I think, oh, right, OK, so you're going to be gone 50% of the time and he's... He's still just a baby. Yeah. And I'm just thinking a year, like say a year down the line where he's he's started contact and say he does see him regularly. Yeah. So he's at the 50-50 application would still not be successful at that point, possibly. No, it would build up to it very, very gradually. And you know, obviously if the safeguarding concerns, they would need to be looked at first. Um, so yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't get too concerned at the moment. What you want to be focusing on is what the safeguarding concerns are and how you implement taking care of the child as well as the child having a relationship with dad. And what I mean by that is it might be to start with just a couple of hours on a Saturday morning, you know, just so that the child can gradually get used to dad. But that's only if you think the child's going to be safe with dad, okay? Crazy. Just lastly, before you go, yeah. um, in your opinion, say the baby, he's going to be two by the time the judge orders the final decision. What would you think is appropriate for me to offer? Say he said I want fifty fifty. What do you think would be reasonable? For you me know, to it's say? The, there's there's no one size fits all in family, so it really does depend on your family, depends on your routine, the child's routine, the working habits, where you live geographically. What you want to be doing is just making sure that your son sees him regularly for your son's development as well. Um, so if that means just a couple of hours every weekend, building up then to maybe alternate weekends, maybe that's all. I mean, obviously, we don't know what dad's routine is as well. What, what you know, dad's saying 50 percent, but clearly dad works. 
um, and your yeah, son won't. Yeah, so you know that that's going to be difficult for dad. Um, but you know, you want to go to court with the approach that I totally understand. My son has to have some contact, but let's start with baby steps, and then you just do what best suits your family. Okay, thank you so much, Crazy. You're welcome. You. No worries. Bye. Um, quick question on TikTok. Somebody said or asked me, um, it's a 32-year marriage. What am I entitled to, particularly in time in, in terms of the pension? 32-year marriage, it there wouldn't be much that would be ring fencing in, in that in that particular. That is an incredibly long marriage. Most of the assets that are in that marriage, if not all of them, would be divided. And the starting point's going to be 50-50. Okay, but you would need to take some advice as to whether we're going to be moving away from 50 or staying at that equalisation. Okay, what's your question, Gemma? Hi, um, yeah, I just wanted some um, advice on if I can move a certain legal process forward. Yeah. Um, I've been divorced for about two years now. Um, it went to court recently for a first hearing. I submitted everything I needed. Court didn't get any documents. Swiss didn't get any documents. Um, so it just is... And I've been given another hearing for a year's time. Um, but I'm sort of going through like you know, abuse with my partner who's refusing to pay mortgage change to interest only. So he's sort of depleting my funds in a way. Um, he has a solicitor and I don't, and I fought my own battle, you know, doing my research. But is there anything I can do to to move that on so I'm not left in this situation? Sorry, Gemma, did you say the next court hearing is in a year's time? Yeah, a year's time. My God, is this a finance application? Yes, it is, yeah. The divorce has been gone ongoing. I've tried to negotiate with him. Um, I'd like 60, 40. I've still got two children here. However, it's it's not proceeding because the, the courts are saying I've got my documents. I've been, I've been doing everything they've asked of me. And the next court date is July 2023. Oh, my God. What is that for a final hearing? FDR or first appointment? Um, yeah, they're saying, well, we had one hearing and they're saying it would be like, you know, the next one um, in it, terms of FDR. FDR. He's got co-op legal. And every time I email, there's been, I've done a chronology of how bad they've never, you know, cooperated or communicated with me either. Yeah. So I'm a bit stuck, really, in terms of what I can do. Um, I think the first port of call is you need to make an application to the court stressing that you have to have the... Where, whereabouts in the country are you? London? Um, I'm in Surrey. Okay, you. yeah, it's really busy. Um, South East is busy. Um, all you can do is make an application to the court using yeah. a D11 form. Okay, so go on yeah. and use the D11. And what you're saying is that you are going to suffer um, financial hardship... If you, how long is the listing for of the FDR? It's probably only a couple of hours, isn't it? Yeah, the first one, first meeting was literally about 10 minutes. And the nope. judge said, well, I haven't got... And I'd done all my questionnaire. I'd prepared every document that they yeah. had requested yeah. to, to try and, you know, to move things on. I'm yeah. actually a social worker, so I do court stuff, court Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. So I'm quite, you know, able to deal with that side of things. It's yeah. just that no one is 
So you said a D11. Yeah, if you if you do a D11 and send that in, what it, it's like um it's one of these ad hoc applications that that we can make. There's no specific yeah. form, but what you're saying to the court is my FDR has been listed for 12 months time or thereabouts. Yeah. I am going to experience yeah. financial hardship. Go into some detail. You could attach a little yeah. statement to the D11, and what you're yeah. asking for is that a hearing be brought forward to at least this year. And yeah. I'll tell you what will help you, what will help you with listing to get it listed yeah. sooner is specify the time. So the hearing that's listed in July, on that notice of hearing, it will tell you how long it's been listed for, an hour, two hours, whatever. So what you need to yeah. say is all, all we need is two hours worth of, of court time. Could we bring yeah. that forward? Otherwise, I'm going to experience financial hardship. That yeah, That's obscene to, to have to wait so long. That's yeah, my, and obviously I pay for a secured loan on the property, which oh, is in his name, God. and I also pay the mortgage, which I now can't pay. So that's and I asked him. Um, I've asked him repeatedly for a year to to choose to to go to interest only, oh, and, no. and I can't. So I'm facing that sort of economic abuse. Not that it's been, you know, horrific. We were married. We've been separated for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously I'm keen to to you know I put offers forward to solicitors, but nobody seems to hear you know, even the courts that I'm trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So and, it's really difficult. And you know what? Put all this in your statement. Keep your statement yeah. to no more than about two pages of A4. Use line and yeah. a half spacing and, you know, keep very short sort of sentences and paragraphs. Right. And, and, but but well, really, so but really stress. Yeah, no problem, Gemma. Okay, yeah, good luck nice. with that. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Take care, bye. There we um, go. Hi, can you hear me? I can, yeah. What's your question? Um, so it's probably a bit of a, a no-go. Um, I'm divorced now. Um, I've got the decree absolute and the financial order in place. Yeah. Um, but my ex-husband holds his cards very close to his chest. Um, and I think prior to the divorce going through and the financial order going through, I think he bought a property um, with his now wife. But never disclosed any of it. So what exactly do I have? Like, do I have any rights, or is it now a no go because the financial order is in place? So yeah, if the financial order is in place, it's very very hard to overturn that. However, if as part of that financial order there was a form E done, and he specified in the form E that he'd disclosed everything and he hadn't, you can use that as a way to get back into court. But what you've got to be really sure about is that by taking it back to court and asking the court to look at it again, it's going to be worth your while. So don't do it if it's only going to be, you know, an extra sort of 10, 15, 20 grand, because it may well cost you that to, to actually contest and fight and, and, and convince the court to open it up again. So there is a way to do it, but it's not easy. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ali, you're still on the stage and I haven't put you on to mute, but I can't hear you. Hebe, I'm going to try you again. I'm also going to come to Chris, 1985. So whoever gets to the stage first, Chris, ask me your question. Um, can you hear me? Okay? I can, yeah. What's your question, Chris? What it is, um, I've been married less than a year this month. Yeah. And obviously wanting to apply for a separation. Is it still worth doing that if the date is coming up? In a few days' time, or should I just wait for a divorce? Do, when when are you going to be married a year, Chris? Uh, the 8th of October. 
oh, well, just, yeah, just wait. Just wait and do your divorce. So it's not worth putting any separation paperwork in? No, no, just wait. And to be fair, by the time you've... What, what day are we on now? Uh, the 4th. When's the 8th? Hang on, Saturday. Yeah, just I, I just wait and do it Saturday. Um, you might as well. Okay. Um, in fact, you have to give it a year and a day. So if you got married on the 8th, do it on the 9th. Okay, no worries. All right, no problem. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Mick, you are next up. I'm getting some crazy hats on TikTok and I love them. I do love a good hat. I think my favourite so far is the cowboy hat. So thank you very much for that. Um, Mick, BFC, you are next up whenever you are ready. And then Elijah, you are just behind Mick, BFC. I'm going to... Oh, there we go. Mick, you are up. Right, it's my daughter's birthday on uh, Thursday. She's going to be seven years... Seven years old. Yeah. Uh, I've seen her since uh, November last year. Yeah. Class of harassment. I ring my ex-partner once a week to ask about my daughter. And yeah. she just keeps putting the phone down. Can I be arrested for ringing once a week asking about her? No, abs- absolutely not. That's not harassment at all. And I think what you need to do, because she's, if she's preventing you from having a conversation with your daughter, you need to make an application to the court, don't you really, for a C100 and you need to be asking for an order that you have, even if it's in direct contact. But no, that's not harassment once a week. I've, I've looked at the C100, but I've, I've got to pay and I'm on universal credit. Yeah, but you might not. But Mick, you might not have to because if you fill out the EX one sixty form and you're on Universal Credit, you might be entitled to fee remission. In fact, you'll probably get full fee remission, which means you won't have to pay the court fee. So do the EX one sixty form first. They will give you a number, and then that number you put on the um, C one hundred form. It's it's called a um, what's it called? HWF number. Help with fees. Okay. Can you just tell me before I go, what is clusters harassment? How many times do I need to ring before? I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's the. So the. So there's no set number of times, Mick. It's how it makes the other person feel. So if the other person is feeling threatened and scared for their life, and you know, just generally intimidated, it's not sort of if you reach twenty, because then people would maybe ring nineteen, you know, and that wouldn't be seen as harassment. So it's how the uh, makes the other person feel. It has to be constant and it has to be persistent. Um, but, you know, once a week isn't at all. And, you know, if she's if she's just picking the phone up or ignoring you or saying, you know, don't ring again. Well, you know, you're you're ringing to speak to the to the child. So it certainly wouldn't be harassment. If it was harassment, you'd have been arrested by now, I think. Or at least the police would have come round and had a little word. Right. Okay. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. No problem. Thanks, Mick. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Elijah, you are next up whenever you're ready. Someone's just said, how do I harass someone legally on TikTok? You guys Hello, make me you? laugh. Hello, Elijah, what's your question? Uh, thank you. Um, my question is, um, I'm meant to have a uh, final um, hear- final hearing um, in the end of November. Um, however, today I've received a phone call from my ex-partner saying she wants to come to agreements. Um, I've spent all day on the phone and we've managed to come to a suitable agreement um, regarding splitting the contact fairly, including like, overnights, half of school holidays, stuff Brilliant. like that, really, Christmases, alternate basis, that Brilliant. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not currently instructing the solicitor 
as to any more. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to know, I've drafted the agreement up. Yeah. Um, as, as we speak, I've drafted it up. Yeah. Now, I wanted to get a solicitor to write it up um, themselves, but yeah. I just wanted to know if I've got any protections here, because if I... If I draft a document, get a solicitor to finalise it, and then they submit, I submit it to the court, they then may remove that hearing. And is that document then enforceable by any means, or what? What do I have to do from here? So, so yeah. So what you need to do, Elijah, is when you send the the consent order, your your children's consent order, effectively into court, you're asking the court to seal it. So stamp it and vacate the hearing. You don't need the hearing anymore. So you will yeah. have your children's order and that will be enforceable. Right. Okay. Does so that right, add does... right this in detail? Oh right, okay, yeah. Um so yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna write into the court and say, We have a hearing date listed for X date, we've managed to come to an agreement, here's the order, please make the order um and vacate the hearing date. And then the court will look yeah. at it. Um, they may make it. They may still want you to come in just to go through some right. finer points. You know, don't don't ever take for granted that the court will make the order and vacate the hearing. They may want to see both of you. Um, right. But then, yeah, but either way, you'll be protected because either you, you'll either have to go into court and an order will be made at court or they'll seal the order and send it back to you. Right. OK. OK. Perfect. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Elijah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, JH18, an invitation's been sent to you. I'm not sure what's happening there. Cat D, I'm going to come to you. Ali, bless you. I still can't hear you. Cat, you got a question? Hi, yes. Hello. Um, I, I have a, a live with order. Yeah. And um, from a year ago. Yeah. And my son went for contact for the six weeks holidays. Yeah. And he wasn't returned home. Um, middle of August. So I put a C100 to the court and I had a hearing uh, beginning of September. Yeah. He wasn't returned. Um, the judge just uh, switched courts from West London to East London. Um, now, it's been about three months since I haven't had my son, although I do have indirect contact with him. And I'm a bit worried because the father has unilaterally retained him and he's put him in a school um, without my consent or my knowledge. So I've submitted a C2 prohibited steps order to the court in respect of that. But as time is ticking and I'm chasing up the courts every day um, and it, none of it is my fault, it's just a delay with the system, does the status quo change at some point? Yes, is the answer to that. Um, and given that you haven't seen your son for three months, then he, he now has the upper hand, unfortunately. What, what I don't understand is, if you had a live with order, when he initially took your son, why the court didn't list it for an emergency hearing? Because he should have been returned to you. Because what your ex did was he like flied in the face of the court order, really. The court had given you a live with order. Um, does that make well, sense? What, yeah, what he did is he made allegations of um, physical harm um, and the social yeah, services but, were involved. Yeah, but the so, court the court had given you a live with order. So clearly you guys had been in the court beforehand. Yeah, 
yeah. and, and evidence, you know, it, things had been discussed. I mean, if you get to court, it means that parents don't agree. So things must have been discussed. And then all of a sudden, he's just taken the child from you. I mean, in, in cases like that, I've had a couple of cases, even on the TikTok um, there was a lady that came on and I said to her, you put the phone down from us and you get onto the court. And she had the child back within a couple of days. You've really... I've been on the court every single day. I've but, been but, emailing them. Yeah, no, that, that's not what I mean, Kat. It, it, you've got to make the emergency application. You've got to stress the fact that you've got a live with order. The child's been taken from you, you know, potentially abducted. You don't know where the child is. That That's the important part. That's the important so issue. I do I make another C100 for the return? Because I've really got a C100 for the return in the court. No, no, no. No, you, do, no, you don't do anything now. The time has passed. So it, it's you haven't seen the child for three months. Um, the court will now just list your matter when it has time to do that. It won't see it as being an emergency anymore. Um, and the tables will turn, sadly. You, you may then just have to start having contact before you can actually even get shared residence again. That's crazy because he lives on the other side of England. Oh, God, you've got even less chance then. That's, oh, my um, God. That's, uh, that's difficult. That's difficult, Kat. The, the, and for those of you that are listening out there, you know, if you have live with orders or you have shared care orders and the other parent just doesn't return the children, you have got to act fast. And you've got to, the very next day, you know, get yourselves down to the court with your application and you really do have to stress the urgency because the court will list it. They will list it if it's an emergency to have the children returned. But it was listed on the 12th of September. And what happened? The judge was for, for, for him, for my son to be returned and we had a district judge and he literally just sat there and said, I don't have enough information, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to be able to return this child, I need more information from the local authority, which has been directed. So, but... the, and, and, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, Kat, but what that tells me is there wasn't enough information in your application because all of a sudden we're back before the court and now the court's thinking, well, what's the status quo of the child? They live with dad. Why is mum saying that she wants to change that residency? Do you know what I mean? Your application should be the one to say, hang on a minute, the kids live with me and he's just taken them from me. So what's the best thing to do now? Because by the sounds of it, from what you're saying, the status quo has changed. It, I've literally just lost all hope now. Well, don't lose all hope because you are still their mum at the end of the day and nothing's going to change that. What you need to do is, well, you're going to get a hearing date soon, um, but... Ultimately, you're going to have to at least go for shared care of the children. At least go for shared care. Can't we live like? Yeah, but the, that, yeah, but shared care shared care doesn't mean fifty percent. That that's oh, right. yeah. So shared care means that you've got equal rights. You know, you're having them and equally as much as he is. You'll make up your care by having more of the holidays, perhaps, or you know, more of the Christmases or whatever it might be. Oh my goodness, because I have another child in my care yeah, and um, she has a different, her, her father is um, another one of my ex-partners. Is there anything in that respect, you know, the children have been separated, children with the same mother, is that any argument at all to try and get my son back home? 
Um, they do like to keep siblings together, but again, they're, they're going to be looking at the length of time that the children have been away from you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it has been three months. But as I say, you what I would do if I were you, Kat, is is relook at your application. You, you've, you've obviously not included everything that happened. You really do need to let the court know by way of a position statement before your next hearing and and write everything down that happened and the fact that you had a live with order those children lived with you and he just snatched them from you yeah all right and 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 get all that down in some detail okay all right thank you very much okay thanks cat bye um jh18 you're up I can hear. I'm just going to turn the lights on. But uh, what, what's your question? Um, so it's a question for somebody else, um, on behalf of a friend. Um, yeah. She currently shares a mortgage um, with her ex-partner now. Um, she left the property um, due to separation. Um, she's still currently paying the mortgage on the property. Um, they're not married, um, but he's supposedly trying to sell the property. However, in the last week or so, he's moved, sorry, start again. He brought somebody else in to help pay the mortgage. Um, so he's got this other party paying half the mortgage while she's paying the other half and not living there. Yeah. In the past week or so, she's now he's now um, brought in a new girlfriend to, to live there. Um, and she's still paying the mortgage. If she was to stop paying the mortgage, would she still get the same amount back out of it or has she got to continue paying it to be able to get back out when he finally does sell no so just just let me ask it is who's living in the property him or her he is. Yeah. So what the court the court treat mortgages mortgage repayment is a bit a bit like rent really. Yeah. So if you have exclusive use of the property, then you should yeah. be paying all of the mortgage because if she has moved out, even though the mortgage yeah. is in joint names, if she has moved out, she's then going to be incurring her own housing costs. So she can't yes. be expected to contribute towards her half of the mortgage as well as pay the rent on a new place or the mortgage on a new place. Okay, so if he wants to stay there, then he was going to be he's now going to be responsible for all of the mortgage that will have zero impact on her share. So if she holds that property jointly with him 50 50, she will continue to have that property 50 50. Right. Okay. so when he finally sells, regardless of how many months she hasn't paid, she will still get out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I spoke to a client okay. today who hasn't lived in the house for eight years, but okay. but he's still going to get 50% of it. Right. Okay. That's yeah. perfect. Thank All right. You so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank Bye. You. Thanks. Bye. Paul, you are next up whenever you're ready. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. I can. Yeah. What's your question? Oh, yeah. I was the one that's like struggling. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> I've finally cracked it. Um, here's a quick one for you, and I forgot to add it on to the conversation I had yesterday, and after this, I won't bother you again, I promise. No, you're all um, right. Obviously, I'm going to go through a different conversation I had last night. Yeah. Um, however, I did the second charge uh, um, against a previous property back in 2009 with a previous person. Yeah. Um, and the second charge states that this year I, I get the 15 grand from, the, uh, from that property. Oh, which yeah. Was, which was all done legal and... 
However, can that money that I'm going to be receiving literally soon be uh, be negotiated, or can my ex take it off me, basically? Well, look, let, let's let's just get um, legal for a second. If that money comes into your possession before you've sorted out the next financial order, then yes, it is a matrimonial asset because you've got it, okay? If you haven't okay. got it, it's not a matrimonial asset. So that's the first thing. Um, then if you have it, it will most definitely be included in the negotiations. Most definitely. Okay. Could, I, could I use it to pay correct debts off right now legally? Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely you can. Debt, sorry, that's all. And, and it's, not, it's not to the full amount of what I'm going to be getting, but it's half of it. Am I, am I legally allowed to pay the outstanding debt that I have? A personal loan off. Yes, you can. Absolutely, Paul. I mean, ultimately, it's still your money and you can do yeah. with it what you want. Um, just know that obviously, you know, at the moment, if you were to present your financial picture, you would have less cash, more debt. Obviously, when you receive that 15000 and you pay off some of your debt, your financial picture then looks very different. And, you know, if it's different in a positive way, then the other side will benefit from that. But, right. the, but the answer to your question is yes, yes and yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you no, can no, do all of that. One, it? it is. It is. You, you, are, you are caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking, is it worth getting rid of the debt? Because obviously I'm now going to have to look at getting a new property when we eventually hopefully sell. Yeah. Um, and well, I'm going to need to get rid of that debt so I look good when it comes to getting a new mortgage, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I do know what you mean. It's a shame you can't push the pause button on a few things, Paul, is what I would be suggesting. Because yeah, the, 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 more, the more debt that you pay, the better you look financially, the stronger you look financially. And of course, if the other side still has debt, then the more vulnerable party sometimes gets a bigger share of the pie simply because they are more vulnerable. However, if since we've been separated in the last month, if she racks up debt now, does that go against me? It Well, it won't go against you. A, it won't be matrimonial debt. But what it might do is affect her borrowing capacity. So if somebody's borrowing capacity isn't strong, it's a good reason for the court to award them more equity. Because, the house? Yes, potentially. Even even though we pay 50-50? Yes, potentially. This, this, and this is where I always say to people, now we're getting, we're really getting into the nitty gritty here. And if you and I were yeah. having a consultation, I'd be saying, right, now you tell me what she's got. And I would always advise my clients what they're going to get. And then, you know, then we, that, that helps us identify where the weaknesses are in our case. So again, right. you, you've just got to be really careful because if she's running up debt, she might even get a bad, bad um, credit potentially I don't know um, but if yeah, she is I mean, more vulnerable because the courts is ultimately not going to judge anybody and how they run their finances they just want to make sure that everybody walks away from this with a roof over their head and some money in their pocket so if one of the parties saying well I can't really afford a mortgage and I have got a lot of debt then the court may say well okay well then let's look after you then a little bit more because you're a little bit more vulnerable whereas on your side um, you've got this money that's come in and you've potentially, you know, got um, uh, less debt than she has, potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be the case. I, I mean, if I start putting up debt myself now, is that illegal? 
It well, it's not illegal for for you to incur debt. That that's a decision that only you can make. But don't assume that she will then be able to pay for it, because then it's going to come down to earning capacity. And as I say, we really yeah. are getting into the nitty gritty of it now. Yeah. But then it comes yeah, down to the earning capacity and who can afford to pay their debt back. Yeah, I can see I can see a muddy puddle here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you'll be back on the phone again tomorrow, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you very much again. You're I'm welcome. Excellent. All right thank then. You. Cheerio. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. EB, you have tried so many times. I'm definitely coming to you next. So I've sent you an invitation, Hebe. I really hope that you can get up on the stage. Hebe, can you hear me? Ah, yes. Yeah, there we go. Yes, what's your question? Um, so, I've just leave my beautiful house in Solihull. Um, oh, have you? I've uh, been married, two young kids. Yeah. Um, he had put the equity from his hold house into the deposit for this house, uh, and he's not willing to agree to 50-50 split on the house, despite me being on the, um, uh, you know, it's a 50 uh, I pay half the mortgage, if not more. I'm still paying the mortgage because I'm worried about my credit rating. Um, and this morning, he also didn't want to talk about child maintenance. Um, the other thing is I earn more and I have a pension, which he doesn't. So I'm a little bit worried that he's entitled to that. Yeah, so in terms of the pension, Hebe, he's going to be entitled to half of all the contributions made during the marriage, okay? If there was a period of cohabitation, then we, we do include that um, if you live together and then you went straight into marriage. But you are moved, also... Go on. I moved into his place. Yeah. Just, in fact, not even straight after we got married, about six months because I had to move my job. Yeah. And then uh, lived, Then we bought a new house. Our new house together yeah. uh, has only been... It's just over a year so, so, so we're gonna we're gonna be looking at the marriage then. If you didn't live together yeah. before you got married, so we're looking at the length of the marriage. So it's only gonna be contributions made during the marriage by him and okay. by you. Okay. Um, in terms of the fact that you earn more than him, that does make you the stronger of the two. Um, but I have the kids. But the, I was just gonna say, but then it balances out with the fact that you are responsible for the children. So. And I've moved out. I've moved back to my parents. In, yeah. In the north. Yeah. Uh, I'd, he's I'd, living in my living in the house. In our home. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think you need you need to be. Have you taken any legal advice, Hebe, on this? Uh, so uh, just informally, I've got a meeting tomorrow. Good with a solicitor. Okay, so you want to make sure that you come away from that meeting knowing exactly what you're entitled to, um, okay. and be in a position to be able to write to him and make an offer. So my my way of working is we make an offer straight out the gate of, you know, what, what we think we're entitled to. Um, yeah. And on that basis, can we move forward? And if the answer comes yeah. back, no, then we do mediation and make another offer. And then if the yeah. answer comes back, no, then we're going to court with a financial application. OK. Informally, but my lawyer for a formal meeting is what he said is try and agree to 50-50. My husband, when I briefly mentioned that, has already said, 
but I put down the deposit for the house. He Look, seems more, almost more concerned about that than anything else. Yeah, 50-50 is, is, is the starting point, Hebe, but we've got to look at all the factors now. And the factors that we're looking at is obviously length of marriage, age of parties, yeah. health of parties, who's got the kids, yeah. earning capacity, etc. So yeah. you, you don't want to necessarily be agreeing a 50-50 if actually you're entitled to 65%. Do you know what I mean? So take some yeah. advice tomorrow. They should be asking you um, lots of financial questions and being able to say, right, this is that, you know, they, they'll call it. They'll call it at the end of that consultation and say, right, this is what I think you're entitled to. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to leave it there, guys. Didn't realise it was after seven, um, but hopefully we helped lots and lots of people tonight. I know all my mods. Um, Zoe was helping me out and you've banned some people. I saw that. Thank you, Zoe. Um, some people just don't enter into the spirit of it. Um, but there we go. So back here again tonight. Um, apologies to those on Discord. Uh, we always start a little bit slow. And then by the end of the evening, we've got loads of hands up in the lounge. But I am back tomorrow, six till seven again. So those of you that want to ask a question, please come back and join me. Until then, take care. And I'll speak to you again tomorrow night. Bye, guys.